0: Oh yeah If y'all really blues people You know what that song is But now we're going to get into it Because there's a couple of things I want to talk about I want to talk about this word It's a word that's used often in the uh, ethnography and folklore space. I've even used this word on many occasions. But I don't like the word. um, And I don't use the word anymore. The, The word, the term, the word is obscure. I don't like that word. Matter of fact... I'm going to give you the working definition of obscure while we go into this because I'm just really not a fan of this word. Okay, so it means not discovered or known about, uncertain, keep from being seen, concealed. That's what the term obscure means. And it's a term that To my understanding and from what I gathered Excuse me, has been used in the ethnography, folklore And ethnomusicology space for some time Everybody doesn't use it Okay, and just to be clear um, I am not uh, bad-mouthing the field of folklore Ethnography or ethnomusicology Because I'm in that field However, this particular word, it troubles me. I just read to you what the word means. So why does this word trouble me? Because the word insinuates, infers, hey, what's up, Brother Walto, or pretty much outright says that these bluesmen and women of yesterday were not known about. Uh they 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 were they were it was uncertain who they were. Uh almost as if they were I don't want to say a nobody, but a nobody. So now what, what what is the problem with that? It relates to to me the story of Columbus and how he allegedly found a place that was obscure that people lived there people businessed with the people on the americas so the question would be who are these blues musicians and these uh bearers of tradition obscure too so now we get into the root of why i have a problem with that word being used in this space because it gives a sense of other, of white supremacy to a degree. So you have somebody, um, I speak about him often, salute my brother. Salute my brother Brock. We have somebody, I speak about this cat often, Elijah Cox. Matter of fact, you can go to either Jack Dabber Blues or African American Folklore, or if you follow us on our streaming uh, platforms like um, Apple iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio, you can hear the podcast that I produced about Elijah Cox. And I used that word in describing him, but after I did, I felt away. And as of recently in my works, um I see this word used a lot. I don't see it from melanated black, African American, African, uh, black Indian, uh, or or even other ethnic groups that would be considered of color. They don't usually use the term. So then the question, Peace Brother Omar, what's good with you, man? So the question is, who are these blues legacies, legends, and our forefathers and mothers of our traditional music, expression, and transmission? Who are they obscure to? That is the question. So then if we answer that question, it, I, I would have to say what it does is it raises another question, right? Um, who is this space for? Now, we spoke about this last Sunday, right? The early white folklorists and ethnographers, they, they come from a tradition, a society, a belief, a, a school of thought, Um, they weren't the only ones doing it. We know that there were black folklorists and ethnographers, right? I don't have to mention them off, but I could, you know, we, we have Zora Neale Hurston, uh, who worked with Langston Hughes, who essentially Langston Hughes is, Hey Ian, what's happening, brother? Langston Hughes is a a black folk narrative or ethnographic black folk narrative transmitter, right? We know this, but they don't use the term obscure to my understanding, I haven't seen it yet. I have to say, I haven't seen black writers, black ethnographers, folklorists, and and, and traditional music practitioners of that day use that word. If any of you have seen them use the word, please tell me, because I, I don't deal in absolutes. We know history is convoluted as well as everything else. And I'm saying that to say... The non-black writers of our tradition and culture use the term obscure because they're writing it for their people. But I find the word offensive because these people were well known in their communities, their respective communities. So going back to Elijah Cox, going back to Elijah Cox, his his the, the the writings about him said that he was an obscure uh, musician. The the how can I put this? The buzz about him on Facebook when I decided to look him up was as if he was an obscure uh, person or musician. But as I think back to what I found about him and his family, he was not obscure to his people. He was not obscure to his community and he was not obscure to his tradition, cultural expression. In fact, He took pride. He was now a misconception is that he was a slave. He was never a slave. I'm not going to go too much into it because you can listen to the actual um, podcast to get all the information. But what I will say was he was a free man, born free. His parents escaped slavery and moved to a free city when he became a Buffalo soldier, the former slaves that he was stationed with, because he was already a musician, and he entertained the soldiers and whoever, and the things like this, he actually uh, took it upon himself to learn songs and games and instrumentals of old from the elder former slaves just to be a tradition bearer. And we have to understand that a lot of these cats and a lot of these kittens, because we can't forget our beautiful women, they were, they, all of them weren't just entertainers. Some were. Some worked to be entertainers. Some were the pop star of their day. And that is fine because that's what, this is what it is. This is real. However, there were others, like a Bessie Jones who were tradition bearers. So they learned these games, they learned these songs, and they taught them and shared them with the community, the people of the culture, and those that came after them. So when we use the term obscure, we're actually not only, well, we're disregarding the importance of their roles in the respective community and tribe they were in. I don't think that word is, uh, it should be, I don't know. I I, I really believe that the word does a disservice in cultural relations, in tradition relations. Um, Now, mind you, And I have to be clear with this. I don't think that the the scholars that use that term are using it maliciously. I have to be on record saying that. I do not believe that they are using the term maliciously. They're using the term based on their knowledge of, which is understandable. But at the end of the day, the term disrespects and disregards the importance these individuals and groups in some cases had to their people because they were known to their people. They were known to their communities or to a community or to a folk group as they call it, if you will, Right? So we, 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 we have to reevaluate uh, the language we use. And I guess what I'm talking about, and I spoke about this briefly last week, cultural sensitivity, heritage sensitivity, tradition sensitivity, folk group sensitivity, right? Because these people were the tradition bearers of a group of people, they were not obscure. And that leads us to family ethnography and reading comprehension. Now, I wrote an article about this that's going to go up. Is it really an article? It's more or less a, a couple of pointers on how to implement this with your family. But I'll just call it an article, right? Family Ethnography and Reading Comprehensions. It's going to be on the African-American Folklorist website by the morning. I say by the morning because part of the piece is the recordings that my children did and that I did with my mother at the tail end of her life. Uh, How we got to this space. Now, who, who, who is this? I'm with, I'm reading, the names on. not oh Ian, what's up brother, okay, I'm going to read your statement, I'm with you, they are not using it maliciously, but they are using it uh, from their place of, yeah, 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 and you know something, before I go back to family ethnography and reading comprehensions, I'm happy you said that, Ian, because, see, I, I think, Men, we all, to a degree, just based on the the, the different uh, degrees and levels of the changing of education and the, the slightly changing of words till it changes all the way. We we really take a lot of these words with with negative connotation. Ignorant, if you're using a. Using it as an insult is an insult, but it just really means you're unaware of a particular situation. You're ignorant to this situation. He's ignorant to that situation. I'm ignorant to that. You you know, so yeah, they were ignorant to that fact. Absolutely, I agree. Hey, Deidre, how you doing? They were ignorant to that fact. I agree, and, and I think we should do a better job collectively and not maliciously. We sp- I don't want to get back into that, but we spoke about that last week. There, there are just some that that I, I question their agenda, but we're not even going to talk about that this week again. But but that word, the word, yeah, it, it does not uh, do good service to the field of ethnography and folklore and ethnomusicology. And I, again, I really believe it, it diminishes the, the high regard a lot of these people had in their respective places and communities. But getting back to um, family ethnography and reading comprehensions, and i go into this in the article so i'll be brief about it because if i tell you why should you read it but what i will say is i i I noticed my little guy was having an issue and we was trying to figure it out and he speaks very well and he reads extremely fluently from from i mean from a little guy you know to the point where i I didn't realize that he was you know what i think i put the wrong grade in the piece I'll change that for you guys if I remember but but we were when he was really small you know uh maybe six I think in kindergarten or first grade we were reading some of these books that were actually on sixth grade levels which I did not know my mother being a, a children education specialist was like what do you do you know these are sixth grade books and I was like I had no idea the kid was just reading it fluently you know, and, and a couple of other things happened that I'm not going to say because I want you to go read the article um, that led us to understand what the actual issue was. And it wasn't necessarily an issue, it was just something that went unnoticed based on how fluent he read one. And also, as you all know, and I can say this because this, there's no secret in this. Um, the schools as of the last 10, 15 years, maybe even longer than that, because I remember in my day, we, we were taking, uh, two weeks out of the year to do standardized tests and things of that nature. I think what the difference is after a while, unfortunately, and, and I did speak to a lot of teachers in the school they were going to before we started homeschooling, um, they, their frustration, the teacher's frustration, was that they had to make their curriculum and their lesson plans for the year based around the preparation of memorization for these particular tests. Which is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we decided to homeschool. But to get back to uh, family folklore, I mean, family ethnography and reading comprehension because of that situation and because my mother introduced uh, my youngest daughter, my baby girl, who was born on my birthday, my gift, uh, to Mildred D. Taylor, who those of you who follow any of my platforms or Facebook groups know I speak about her often because she she, she, she was a household name in our house, in my mother's house, in mine and my wife's house. And what we did was We created this program And oh I'm going to tell you something This ties into Why we shouldn't use The term obscure Okay and, and the tradition bearers Of our family Our tribe Our genealogy Our community Our people Right So we got this book um, Well not just the book The series From Mildred D. Taylor And And, and it's, it's a wonderful series. It's a, a, it's it's a fiction narrative loosely based on her family. The whole series is beautiful. It's wonderful, and what we ended up doing was reading it as a family. You know, and reading it as a family, and we were getting excited and and actually dis- discussing. How the exploits in the story related to exploits that we encountered. And now we're talking about three separate generations having this conversation. My mother, myself, my wife was in and out at the time, well, in and out of the living room where we were doing this. Because at the time, like I said, uh, my mother had an incident and she was bedridden and she was pretty much on her last leg, but this was a strong woman and you got to be, she, she had to be, she was a child, children education specialist. She taught in Bed-Stuy Brooklyn during the crack era. So she had to be strong, you know, just on a side note, I, I mean, the, the, the church for her transcending, uh, service and celebration was packed. You know, because she educated so many people. You know what I mean. But the point of so so getting back to the story, she was she was she was close to her time to go back to the Most High, but she galvanized as much strength as she could to be part of this. So we have three generations, and that's, you know, uh, I believe. Denise was cleaning out something one of the times we did it but she also took part in this as well. So what we did was you know we have three generations of our family sitting there reading this book about three generations of the family in this book and the the resemblance to to the family of the book to our family and where we come from was amazing. And the things that you can do with this is, as Reverend Jesse says, amazing. I think that's how he says it, right? And, and so I'm encouraging people to do this. Family ethnography and reading comprehensions. Now, I'm not going to go too much into it because, again, I have it on a website, but I will tell you this. The two main goals of this exercise, reading comprehensions, for your young people okay and to make them even that much more willing because you know I, I'm an avid reader but I know when I was their age when my mother was like yo go it's time to read I was ah, you know I was running like my kids do they they get you know they you, and, and it's also on a side note it's also how is used because if you use reading as a punishment, like oh you ain't got nothing to do, you, gotta, you know. And I was told that my kids is told that we so we start we we start connecting reading to punishment. However, but most you know kids want to go play. But when you sit down as a family and you read these books that reflect your people, you know your culture. Your ethnicity, your what up Apache, your, your culture, your ethnicity, your heritage, your complexion in some cases. This allows young black kids, young black men and women, and older ones, no sound. You don't hear me? I see the sound right here. And older ones to, to, to have, uh, to be more engaged, you know what I'm saying? to be more engaged so now we're engaged we're sitting here the kids now they want to know what these words mean even if they read it fluently but if they don't know what the word means they can't put the statement or the paragraph in the proper context you know what I'm saying and then on top of that you have a moment where you can get the actual the, the, the history you're supposed to be learning your families who and where you come from and that's why I call it ethnography because one of the things that we did and you're going to see this when you go to the article we documented it we recorded it the kids interviewed their grandmother and asked questions about games that they play and games that my mother and my uncle and aunts and them played at this at their age now My two youngest children are the same age difference, and spend the same time together as my mother and my uncle. And it just it it makes all of us laugh. Recipes my mother too and my uncle too because they see the similarities. So it it was great for them. They were very interested in asking her. Uh, She did the best she could because again she was she was, uh, you know she was fairly weak at the time. As strong as she was, she was still fairly weak but I'm going to post that up. But the point I'm making is you have the opportunity to utilize the tools and the process of an ethnographer by documenting your own people's story as it relates to someone, another family or whatever you decide to read that represents your culture. And then you have this piece of information you know, you could do, some people, you know, you could do it uh, video-wise. We did it audio-wise because it was just easier to, to, to plug your phone, you know, turn your phone on, press record, excuse me, you know, and, and just go for the gusto. And then you have an opportunity to begin to not only uncover investigate and learn things about your people that you may not have no because look let's let's keep it a buck as they say we spend more time learning about other people's families lives and all this other stuff you know there's so many platforms that spend you know they, they, they create hours and hours and hours of content based on other people's dysfunctions, debauchery, or even achievements and successes. And then we wonder why people are running around uh, are searching for identities, trying to understand who they are, or not even trying to understand who they are. Every time they come across something, they, ad- they adopt it as an identity because you, we, we barely take the time to sit down With our own people. And when I say our own people, I'm not just talking in regards to complexion, race, ethnicity, nationality. But I mean, your true tribe, the the blood that runs through your veins, sit down with them and find out who the hell you are. And then now we, we, we have a situation of a different kind of confidence, a different kind of understanding, right? And, and we can do this. And I, I would also, well, not would also, because this is what I'm saying. Add this to your reading time with your family. Now, if you don't have kids, I mean, you know, you and your your, your common law, your husband, wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your cousins, your siblings, and your parents. You know, this is something you, you, because for for what it's worth. I'm not saying all oh, the, the olden days. We got to go back to the olden days. The the the, the concept of how we um, approach things is what I mean. Because again, like I said last week, bro, I, I, it's bad enough growing up through the crack era, and 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 and. Times Square, and all these things, all these wonderful, beautiful things that made most of us throughout the 80s and 90s, you know, I don't particularly care to, have to have to deal with lynching or or things of this nature. So I'm, I'm being very realistic and grounded in what I'm trying, what I'm saying, not trying, what I'm saying. Before there was a TV in everybody's house, let alone on everybody's phone, you know, the family sat around, they ate, they talked, they played instruments, they read. You knew who you were based on who your pops and your moms was, based on who your grandparents was, and even if the, you know, the parents weren't together for whatever the the purpose was, whether they were divorced or it just, they were never married and different, you know, different things happen, you still, in most cases, not all, but you had an idea of where, even if it was half of the story, you knew where half of your peoples came from. So we could do this now, right? And and we have, to, you know, it's good to be aware of what's going on in the world. It's good to be aware of the things and the people that you revere, right? Those of you who know me know I, 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 I'm a big Sun House fan, so, learning about him and his peoples, that's great, because it goes along with understanding the music, but I spend more time learning about my genealogy and my people, and reflecting on the behaviors and the attributes of the men and women that raised and helped raise me, and then we, the same thing with Denise, and then we, 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 we share this with a chilling. That are all not children, some more adult, but you get the point what I'm saying. So with this exercise, you you, you can read the story of another family while sharing your story and preparing your children with language arts. Because language arts is lacking. I mean, hell, language arts lacks for some adults. And I'm not saying I speak the the best and all proper because we all learn something all the time every day. But what I'm saying is it is great for homeschools, especially for now with a lot of kids at home, but you don't have to have children to do this. You know, if if you anything, if you had an experience like me, which some of you had, where you had to make go visit your mother or your grandmother or your grandpops or your pops at a nursing home or in a hospital, you know, and if and if you were blessed like we were, where the entire congregation and everybody comes to sit with your 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 folk and 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 reminisce and talk, you you, this is the perfect opportunity to to take a book over there gets to read it and they say hey did you ever experience this and then what will end up happening is that will bring that'll bring a smile to their face their face will light up and they'll start telling you stories that they may ne- never had uh, expressed to you and then you'll start to have an understanding of not just who you are and where you come from but then you may start getting an understanding of wow that explains why my mom dad or whoever um went about things this way i was wrong in my assessment of them maybe i shouldn't have responded that way or maybe i should have responded that way but you get the point what i'm saying is that you can document this you can document this and that will keep your people from being in the eyes of other obscure cuz that's what i'm getting to that's what i'm getting to You know, genealogy and and DNA testing and all this has become popular more and more within the last several years. But we're still going to other to get the story of us. Go to the source, especially those of you who are blessed to still have a grandparent, a great grandparent, or a parent. I don't have grandparents or parents anymore. They've gone on you know now luckily we had a lot of conversations throughout my life and my siblings life and things of this nature right but but some of you who have not been able to have these conversations yet for whatever reason or there's still more that you want to ask if you are blessed to still have them on this plane and in this dimension and on this planet document your people's story Stop getting the story of your people from someone else. And this is not just for black folk. Because, I'm going to be honest, if, if I left it up to the, 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 a lot of books and, and, and a lot of schooling for my uh, perspective on white people, on Chinese people, or any other group of people... Come on, man. We all get played. Don't get it twisted. Some of us more than others. So you could do this exercise. Family, ethnography, and reading comprehension. You're teaching your peoples not just how to read, but then you're also uh, galvanizing or, 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 or how, how can I put this? You, 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 you're letting them know the importance of their existence in the bloodline of your people. And then, when it's time, because we all transcend, when it's time for them to transcend, you guys, are our family functions, you could pop that out. Celebrate your folk. With the document, and it's not just that one person. You got stories of everybody. If you're lucky, you've, you've interviewed everybody in your family so you can document your story for real, not just your story. As a, as a collective of black folk, not just your story as a collective of your building or your black or your community, which are all important, which are all important. But the story of where you come from and your peoples come from, and when I say where they come from, I'm not necessarily just talking about location, region, region. I'm talking about the first uh, biblical relationship of your lineage. Because that's important. Again, and I say this all the time. If you're a student of the Bible, or if you just read the Bible, any of them, but I'm speaking particularly of the Old Testament, even the New Testament, it is genea- genealogy-heavy. 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 Torah, all the, the, you, the Apocrypha, I think I have it right here. They're, they're all, is this it? Yeah, this is it right here. They're all genealogy heavy. Why is that? So then, now, in other, and in this case, I'm not even just talking about non black people. Just an other could say, well, you know what, Jack or Lamont or Dapper or whatever it is you're calling me at the time, but Sharon Pearley was obscure, Davis McNeil was obscure, Walter Pearley Sr. and Jr. was obscure, Elizabeth Pearley was obscure, Ann Bloom Huff McNeil was obscure. I can go down the list, and I could tell them, maybe to you. Because you are the outsider who do not know or does not know the contributions these people have made, but I have it documented. You see what I'm saying? To eradicate the concept of obscurity when it comes to our people and our traditional music and expression transmitters, we have to not just document other people, not just go back and learn about Charlie Patton, go talk to your grandmama, go talk to your grandpa. Because I noticed, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, folk get on here and they, they, they I'm not even gonna get on that. Scratch that. Document your people. Even if you don't want to get in the space of ethnography and folklore as it uh, relates to it being a, a career or what have you, just for the sake of your people, your bloodline, and, and y'all know when you marry someone, You married, y'all married into each other, and then you have a kid, and then they blah, blah, blah. This is something that's going down, 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 down. No questions asked. They don't have to go to nobody else to find out who they are. And they won't worry about being obscure. They won't worry about the contributions they people made to. The neighborhood or the school or or, or the country or whatever goes unnoticed so let's remove that term obscure let's work on and 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 i'm really encouraging y'all it's going to be up in the morning i'm going to share it as soon as it's up i'm going to share it and if you have any questions um in regards to how to go about it how to start it what you need or or conceptual questions about, you know, what should you ask, whatever the case may be, or the process of it, the filing system, just reach out to me. You know, one-on-one, we'll discuss that. And, you know, if enough of you reach out to me, then we'll start doing uh, uh, maybe a a, a monthly, I don't want to call it a workshop, but just, just like a monthly group Chat so then we can discuss it and get you know give you a pro, you know give you the tools to document your people, you know, and if you're really serious or not, let me rephrase that. If you have interest and you want it to be archived on our platform, by all means, if you want to take it to a next level because you just caught the, the bug and you're like, well, I just found this out, I don't want to read, whatever the case may be, you could, we, we, we're, we're here for y'all, just like y'all here for us. <coughs> you could be in the newspaper. <coughs> if you want, that was the first one, the next one's coming out in March. You could be on the website. What do you want to do? I'm going to have to drink some of my red juice. Mm. Oh, I, did I tell you? I think I told you last week. I've not, I have now signed on with my wife. You know, we, we, uh, we, we are are goal-oriented and business-oriented people like Boley, Oklahoma. Everybody talks about uh Tulsa, but they don't talk about Boley, Oklahoma. Um, I'm trying to think of that place in Alabama. Um I speak about it often. It was a documentary named after them, the the I can't think of it. I'll post it in there, but 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 we come from a people that we're not just self-sufficient, but they figured out ways to, to, to do things, create businesses, um, provide services and things of this nature. So we, 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 we're in alignment on a lot of things, right? From the newspaper to the, the radio show, to the podcast, and now to the health supplements. So, I'm officially on her team, and if you need certain products, like a a sleepy tea, if you're having a hard time, thank you, my brother, if you're having a hard time going to sleep. If you like coffee, and you want a healthy alternative, we have that same thing with healthy tea. Uh, We have celery powder to make celery juice, and also super reds and a bunch of other stuff. So just just hit us up. Also, I don't know if you saw my picture. I got some barbecue sauce coming. Now, see, that's in alignment. That's a, see, and that's in alignment of the blues people. Y'all remember Barbecue Bob, right? <laughs> all right, so uh, thank y'all for spending some time. Again, I'm going to have that up in the morning. I want y'all to begin documenting your people, your story. If you have interest in something else, by all means, document that too. If you need a place To archive it because what we're working to do is be the spot for black folklore and ethnography to house it, not for our purposes, for your purposes. So when you're researching something or you want to look something up, so many people, you're welcome, so many people are holding on to our story. They're holding on to memorabilia and, and, and things that Brother Youssef, my man, what's happening? They're holding on to our stories. They're holding on to, to our images uh, um, and, and so many other things of huge value. And it's not us holding on to it. What Musician, teacher, whatever you are, we got you. All right. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to have that up to you in the morning let's keep and you know what I'm talking about. Tell your story, but as they used to say, the game is supposed to be sold, not told. We have to change that around. And the reason why we have to change that around, all jokes aside, is because that's how we get exploited for our story. Because it doesn't take a desperate man To tell you anything you want to know for a couple of dollars. We don't, the story's not supposed to be sold. The story's supposed to be taken back and told correctly. And that's what we're working to do. Peace and love, good folk. I'll talk to y'all later.